In today's episode, we'll talk with Karen McCadden about her chapbook, Keep This to Yourself, the 2018 winner of the Button Poetry Prize. And we'll talk a little bit about chapbook versus full-length collections. Welcome to episode 10 of The Chapbook. I'm your host, Noah Stetzer. And I'm Ross White. Noah and I run Bull City Press, which publishes chapbooks of poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. And you know, sometimes we even publish full lengths. You know, we started this podcast to talk about our love of chapbooks, to reveal a little about the publishing process and share chapbook news and happenings. excited about today's episode, Ross. Well, our guest this week is an old buddy. I've been looking forward to having this conversation since we started the idea for this podcast. Well, she's the perfect guest for us. Our guest today is Karen McCadden. She's the author of American Wake from Black Sparrow Press, which is currently a finalist for the New England Book Award. She's also the author of Landscape with Plywood Silhouettes from New Issues Poetry and Prose, which won their New Issues Poetry Prize, and the Vermont Book Award. Her recent poems have appeared in American Poetry Review, Los Angeles Review, New England Review, and Plowshares. She's received fellowships from the NEA and the Vermont Studio Center, as well as the Sustainable Arts Foundation Writing Award. Please welcome Karen McCadden. Hey, Karen. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me, you guys. It's really a pleasure to be here with you. So listen, I wonder if you could give our listeners an idea about the chapbook, Keep This to Yourself, that won the Button Prize a year ago. So it's pretty. It's a pretty unified telling. Uh, well, it kind of also isn't unified because nothing like this ever is. It's about losing my brother to a drug overdose and the, our life together as siblings. So Karen, one of the reasons we were really excited to talk to you is that Keep This to Yourself really focuses in on that event, but all of the poems in Keep This to Yourself are also a part of American Wake, where they're recontextualized and they're really transformed as part of a larger movement. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the process of writing these two collections and how one led into the other. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, it's interesting. American Wake was a book I've been working on since my first book came out, sort of trying to decide what the collection was about. And, and it, it seemed to be very much um, investigating ideas of home and ruin of homes and how homes get broken. A lot of American Wake is about finding home again in Ireland, my grandfather's farm, and sort of rediscovering family there and also investigating divorce. So it's all these various ways that homes can crumble. And while I was writing it, I was writing poems about my brother and his addiction and sort of what that story was. And during the writing of the book, I lost him a couple of years ago. So the when he died, about half the poems in Keep This to Yourself had already been written sort of as worry poems. And then soon after I lost him, the rest of the poems rushed in. They showed up really quickly. I mean, I kept putting them in American Wake. I kept sort of trying to figure out what went where. And they all went in there, but I was thinking that this story was was suddenly now its own story. You know, it was a very unified story. And I wanted to see what would happen if I tried to pull the poems out and make a chapbook. And it was like, took an evening to put it together. It just, it just sort of snapped, you know, it was while in inside the context of the larger book, things were really braided and sort of, I was really trying to figure out the trajectory of the book, but alone they announced themselves really quickly. 
What struck me about Keep This to Yourself is that we so actively see the processing. We see you working through not just grief and loss, but love. We see you working through a lifetime's worth of feeling that might not have been fully expressible until after his passing. There's a recontextualization of a life that happens unbidden after someone leaves. You know, you, your your appreciation changes or your understanding changes, and then it changes again and it changes again. You know, it's not it's not static for sure, but the looking back starts to happen in a different way. Something that makes me think about is the different ways these poems can be appreciated by a reader. The first as a chapbook, sort of the concentrated story of your brother and his passing and your grappling with that. But then later, how it's braided into the larger work of American Wake and how that becomes part of a larger family story, a larger genealogical history. How, how do the two collections operate in your mind? You know, it's really hard to divorce the idea of creating the collections and how they work from the experience of living them. You know, I think that so much of my lived experience as it happened changed each book, you know, changed the concern of each book. And the idea of American Wake landing on bringing my brother's ashes back to Ireland also was a lived decision that I wrote about after. And I think as poets, we're always processing our lived experiences, but I couldn't finish this book until I went back that, that most recent and last time. I mean, I'll go back again, Lord knows when we can fly again, but it was it, like, the, it's, it's almost like the way that the collection was built was through me continuing to step through the process of, of laying him to rest. So the, the American week is, is in some ways to me, it feels more like a memoir in poems and keep this to yourself feels very much like a chapbook, like a collection. But the, you know, and, and for me, American Wake came together when I realized I couldn't have it in sections. It needed to be a, a sectionless expanse of poems that didn't make any pretense into how it was being organized in any kind of thematic clump. It had to keep moving. So in that way, American Wake feels like much ropier, if that's even the right word. I want to ask a question that gets into a little bit of the weeds of the work of putting a collection together. Something I noticed is that the sequence of poems is different between the two collections, that how we encounter each of the poems in the chapbook is different than how those poems ultimately reveal themselves in the fuller collection. So talk a little bit about the differences there and what, what went into those choices. I think I can speak really clearly first about the chapbook and the organization, because one of the, at first I thought it was a cheap trick, you know, like we're building collections and we're putting poems together. I'm like, well, what if I try this um, on that one fateful evening when I was, I was putting it together? I took reverse overdose and I broke it into separate poems. Right. So each stanza of that, I think it's a six stanza poem, I broke out and numbered them. And when I, when I interspersed them throughout the other poems, so just to back up that poem called Reverse Overdose because it takes a life in reverse. And the rest of the poems are moving forward chronologically toward loss. And so the book announces its own conclusion at the beginning. And it goes back in time at the same time it moves forward in time narratively. So I loved that kind of X, the progression of ideas and how they meet in the middle, like how loss is 
felt perpetual, right? The, the loss to me felt perpetual for decades. I was practicing for it. I wrote the poem When My Brother Dies 10 years before he died, right? So time was meaningless to me in terms of writing about him. And so this book, um, there was this, like this mathematical equation of how things needed to move in it for me forward and backward at the same time. And in that way, that's I think that's part of why I say that this chapbook is more like a collection because it's got more lyrical space it's inhabiting in the structure of the collection. I think what's lovely about that, too, is that in the chapbook, we meet him in entirely new ways towards the end of the chapbook. We see him as a child. We see a time before him when you are an only child. And in that space of anticipation, it's made all the more haunting by the fact that we're arriving there only after we know the conclusion. Thanks. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I, I really think we live our lives like that. You know, what, whatever we worry about is always present to us and whatever, whatever's coming, we try to foresee, you know, I think time, I have a, a, a really good friend who's always saying time is a construct. You know, and, and not to be cheesy, but it does seem like time collapses really easily. Monica Yone has this great lecture that she gives on revision and looking at your own work and going into your work and maybe pulling out a particular sentence or a couplet from a poem and then using that to create another full poem just off of that. This lecture is will blow your mind uh, of the ways that a person can go into their own work to find the next poem to write. And the idea of these two collections sort of being in conversation with one another makes me think of her suggestions and her ideas around reacquainting oneself with one's work and finding another way of looking at it. When you went to put these poems into the larger collection, was there anything that occurred to you with regards to how they might be different or, or were you concerned about the poems that were around them? You know, the, how, these, how this sort of concentrated collection of stories gets recontextualized, right? Because they appear in a very different order. It's not like you put this collection of poems in a section in the middle of your full length. They're, they are integral to the full length and are, in a way, a whole different way of telling the story. It's like, it's like those movies where the first half of the movie is told from one character's point of view and the second half from another character's point of view. It's, it's really interesting in that way. And, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that experience. You know, there was this, this is a, this is very sort of an awful thing to say that I say with both love and humor, but when I lost my brother and I started reckoning with that in my poems and in the second collection, American week, I had this moment, like when we were kids and he would knock down something I had built. I was like, Oh God, you know, like he got into my stuff again, you know, like how we do that with siblings. And, and there's a moment where I was a little like, now it's not, the book isn't what it was. And so that's just me talking again about how lived experience can change a collection and what you're working on so clearly. But I wanted American Wake to tell this much larger story about the different ways that people are orphaned from their homes and what it means to try to regain a home. And can we ever go home? You know, where is home? That whole question has been haunting me for 10 years. And so... I knew that the poems about him had to go near the end because that was the end of the story, right? But then 
they also weren't. So the poems that weren't the end of the story had to come earlier in the collection, but I had to figure out how to weave them with the other concerns of the book. But most of them do end up toward the end. Um, and there are new ones I wrote after, right? So there's new poems in there, um, especially Ashes at the End and uh, Epistle Joyride. And so I don't really know how to answer this question. I, As I was putting the book together, I edited to accommodate it. So there were earlier poems I edited to forecast the later poems. There were poems I wrote in order to try, like I wrote um, Seal Bride at the end of writing the book. And it's one of the first poems, or is, the, is it the first? No, it's the second poem. So I wrote that as a like a prequel, like a, to, to sort of introduce the book, knowing where the book was going. So there was this like non-linear, even composition process for me in writing the book. Okay, now I need a poem that takes care of this. And a lot of that was discovered through working with close friends in, in manuscript conference. Like, well, how come you didn't tell that? Because it was a big, messy story, right? So then how come you didn't tell that story? Well, you need to tell that story. Um, and even the last poem I wrote for the book was American Wake, the title poem. It's the very last poem I wrote. The writing process, even though most of the book is pretty chronological, um, the writing process was not. Karen, I wonder if you would come back and join us next week because there, I still have about a thousand questions I want to ask you about this process, about both of these amazing books. Well, that would be so fun. Be sure to catch our next episode with Karen McCadden. In the meantime, if you like the podcast, why not go ahead and click subscribe or better yet, tell a friend. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the other major pod places. Every review matters for a little podcast like this one. So if you've got a moment, head on to Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think. Go ahead and click five stars while you're there. <laughs> you can find out what we are up to by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Bull City Press or visiting BullCityPress.com. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at DC Noah. Karen, where are they going to find you on Twitter? They're going to find me at Karen underline McCadden. And you can find me at Ross White. If you've got chapbook news or questions you want answered about chapbooks, you can email us at chapbook at bullcitypress.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. 